0: Welcome back to On Your Terms with me, Fahima Adam. I've got another guest for you today. Today we've got Debbie Moore. Debbie is the High Achievers Coach and she supports her clients to grow personally and professionally and powerfully. She runs Embody Coaching Limited, an award-winning transformational coach and international best-selling author. She recently received the Feminine Power Coach of the Year Award due to the outstanding feedback clients shared about the exceptional and lasting results they were able to experience in their work with her and the outstanding level of care that she extends. Debbie is actually my coach, and I have been working with her now for around nine months. I am so excited to share a conversation with Debbie with you on the podcast today. And rather than going into what we talked about, just going to let Let's get straight into it so without further ado let's get Debbie on the pod welcome to the podcast Debbie
1: thank you Fahima and thank you for inviting me to be here as
0: your guest I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I've wanted you on the podcast from day one. I was just waiting for the right moment for you to come on. (laughs) And it feels like it's the right moment, Debbie. Thank you. So, Debbie, I met you in a very interesting way. But now that I think back to it, it is an interesting way, but one that is so fitting for you and me. You had very generously offered your coaching services a whole package actually of coaching to a charity as a lot that can be bid on. And it was an auction, one of those auctions where you can bid on different lots. And I was part of this group and I still am. And I actually thought, oh, this looks amazing. I had a little look at it. I watched your video on your website and there was just this connection that I felt. And I just thought, wow, Debbie, this is, it, it wasn't really a thinking thing. It was a feeling thing, Debbie. And I just felt like I wanted to work with you. So I put a bid into the auction and I thought, hopefully, I'll win this. And then it was, I think it was the evening and it was about to close. And I can't remember whether it was noon or whether it was midnight. But at that point, I just thought, oh, let me put another bid in just in case someone else wins. <laughs> so I went back in and I actually put another bid in because I really wanted to win this. And I won. And it was just, I was so excited. I think you might remember the emails, Debbie. I do. Emails to say, oh, I didn't, I've never met you at that point. And I was just so excited. I felt like I knew you somehow, probably from your video and just the way you come across. So we actually worked together for about just over six months. And that was done completely, you know, you weren't paid for that as you normally would be paid by your clients. It was a very lovely, generous thing that you did. And the money that I gave went straight to charity. So we've had a a lovely working relationship to begin with. And I got to a point where we'd done the six months. We've done the first sort of what I'd call first round of objectives and achieving those objectives. And I was shocked because when I looked back at, you know, the form that we'd done at the start with the objective setting, I'd managed to achieve everything. Or we'd managed to achieve everything, shall I say. And that was just I couldn't believe it because it wasn't as difficult as I normally find these things. So let's get back to what you do, Debbie. You do coaching for high achievers. You're a high achievers coach. Tell us a bit more about that. So what is it and who do you work with normally?
1: OK, so thanks, Fahima. And just before I answer your question for thank you for bidding in the auction, because for me, that's a win, win, win. You got the exceptional results that totally surprised and shocked you. Yes. The charity one. And I get to work with absolutely awesome people like you. So for me, that's a win, win, win. So high achievers. It's interesting because when I really kind of claimed, in inverted commas, that fame name, I really based that on where I was in my life myself, So what I mean by that is often, and there's lots of definitions and ways of describing high achievers, Mm. but for me, it is about being ambitious. It's about being driven, but it's also being very demanding of self. It can mean, for some of us, it can mean overgiving. And that links back to me putting the offer into the charity auction, because I knew that was one of my patterns. So rather than overgiving to too many people and giving things away, because like so many people on our planet, not everyone, we've only got so much time, in my business model, I have typically two places each year to offer something where we can create a win-win-win.
0: So I don't
1: overgive, and that's the way I put boundaries in place. Mm. For me, high achievers though often there's – an outward confidence and things often look very successful on the outside. Yes. But on the inside, things can be out of alignment. Yeah. And that's my definition of a high achiever. With some of us, we can be constantly doing for others and it's noticing what these patterns are so that we can do something about it in an aligned and healthy way.
0: Right. So, what sort of people do you work with? Is it usually people that are business owners?
1: So, I'm niching even further at the moment ah. because the clients who are coming to work with me and who I love working with as well. So, it's very much about a partnership. Yes. And what I'm noticing is my clients are typically young professionals, entrepreneurs, leaders, yes. typically in their 30s and 40s who ah. are successful but stuck, struggling to navigate and balance personal and professional lives. Yeah. Yet at the same time really striving for that greater authentic aligned success. But something's a bit off. And really what the people are wanting who I'm working with is to really create, design to build their happy, healthy, aligned life.
0: Right. So you're not defining that for them.
1: No, no, no.
0: That is, that's very clear. What you just said is that it's their happy, aligned life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really important. Wow. Okay. So I'm somebody who's very ambitious. I'm driven, ambitious. I do love having goals and objectives. I like to make sure I achieve them and then set new ones. And I've done this a lot in life. And, you know, like you said, outwardly looking very successful and things like that. But I've always done it almost with what I would call an aggressive energy or a masculine energy. So it's kind of like very dogmatic driven and it's a little bit aggressive. Since working with you, Debbie, and setting my first set of objectives and working with you, I've discovered that you do things a very different way. So although you do manage to achieve these really ambitious results, You do it with ease. And that's the best word I can think of at the moment to describe it. It's not that I can't only believe that the objectives were met, which, you know, because I'm ambitious and driven normally, I would achieve objectives. But the way in which you led me through that was with ease. Can you talk a bit about maybe masculine, feminine energies? Am I right in thinking it's something to do with that?
1: You're absolutely right, Fahima, yeah. And when we work together, if I may talk about that. Yes, absolutely. It's very much about partnering. We're working together. Yeah, in a partnership. Many of us have worked in or work in what we would call masculine type energetic environments, where it's really important to be doing, to be achieving, to be logical, to be rational, to be focused, to be strong, to be planned. Mm -hmm. And there are places where that is really, really important. And at the same time, what we call the feminine energies, so a way of being which can tap us into our intuition, our playfulness, our creativity, our kind of, I'm going to say dreaming side of things, because that's how we started working together, yeah, where rather than, and both are perfectly valid, and most of us have feminine and masculine energies and this isn't about gender it's not about sexuality this is about the energies which we're bringing to creativity and I think it was Einstein wasn't it who said that imagination is more powerful than knowledge yes and what we did and what I do with my clients is really tap into that part of you Mm. that is powerfully creative right that is powerfully intuitive to really understand on a sensory level. So what something might look like, feel like, sound like, taste like, smell like. Mm. What if you had a goal? What if you had an objective and you could tap into that sensory realm? Mm. So in short, that's what we bring into what we do to set your intentions, to set your goals. And then at the end, of our coaching period together, then you can look and you can see, okay, well, I have or I haven't created that, or I feel this way or I don't. And if you have, then we can celebrate and then we can build on that. If you haven't, then we course correct, okay. find out what's not working, what is working, what isn't, and what we can do differently moving forward.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. So that's very different to you know, the kind of goal setting most people are used to, especially in corporate environments, work environments. And while you were speaking, it made me think about, well, it's no wonder, because I'm a lawyer. So the rational brain and logic and all of that is very highly rated in my profession. No wonder I was led in those ways, always to kind of, treat myself that way even in my other kind of personal objectives and business objectives all of those things so just seeing this and seeing that there's a different way that's not about thinking but it's to do with feeling and sensing oh it's just mind-blowing and amazing Debbie so yeah you introducing me to that is just It's quite a game changer, I'd say.
1: (laughs) Wow. And if I can just say as well, both are perfectly valid because if you were to imagine buying a, I don't know, let's say going to Ikea, buying a piece of flat-pack furniture, you know, it's whether you, right, stop and logically say, right, first of all, I'm going to read the instructions and go through it step by step by step. So there's that predictability, let's say, of working your way through it. And whatever our sexuality, whatever our gender, any of us can take that approach. An alternative approach, tapping into our feminine energy, might be to say, all right, let's let's just get everything out and let's see what happens. Let's do it all together. (laughs) And and both can work. Yeah. It's a different approach and both are perfectly valid. And, you know, coming back to you as a lawyer, you need that. Well, I would imagine anyway, you you need that thinking, logical brain. Our work gave you access to the rest of that deep wisdom.
0: Absolutely. I feel like as a lawyer, I've been, you know, sort of that way inclined to do things with the thinking, rational mind, and that's probably the right thing for a lot of the tasks as a lawyer. However, there's always been this other side of me that wants to rebel against that and do things more playfully or not informally, but against what the usual convention is or the tradition is, and still do it correctly and professionally, but do it with a playful, creative thing. And you've just helped me to really. Embrace all of that in the last, you know, six to nine months. Much more before I'd see that, like I said, as something that I'm rebelling against or trying to break out of. It didn't feel comfortable. It felt a bit disruptive and things. Whereas now, I just I own that and I feel like I love that side of me and that I can do things in a different way. So thank you for helping me with that as well, Debbie.
1: Thank you for being open to that. And what I'm hearing you speak to there, Fahima is your authentic, aligned way of being.
0: Yes where things are coming together and feeling very right. So Debbie, one of the things you use in your coaching is you use some exercises as like tools to help your clients to tap into that sensory side and that feeling side. And also as daily tools as well. So we've done a few where I've recorded them, you know, with you doing these exercises with me. And I now sometimes use them when I've got something going on. Do you have an exercise you could perhaps do today on the podcast
1: that we could do with the listeners? I do. And would you be willing to play along? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
0: Let's pretend no one else is listening. (laughs) OK,
1: let's let's do it. So we're in our little coaching bubble. So in doing this one, just for the benefit of everybody's uh, safety and well-being, if you are listening to this podcast and you are driving, Please only do this exercise if it's safe and comfortable to do so, because I may ask you to close your eyes. So please stay safe. Okay, thank you. So just imagine, if you will, Fahima, that you're sat there in your office doing your work and an email comes in or the phone rings Mm. and you think, ah, I've missed that deadline or, oh no, it's that person. And It's somebody you really don't want to talk to or somebody who you might have been avoiding or somebody you might have been putting off an email that you've just not yet got around to dealing with. Yeah. So I just invite you to notice how you're sitting. Oh, so I've got
0: my legs crossed at my ankles. I've got my hands very close together and my shoulders are kind of going inwards. I'm kind of rounding my shoulders and my neck is down, like my chin is pointed downwards. It's a little bit of a closed body language,
1: Debbie. A little bit of a closed body language. And just notice as well, just holding this for a few more seconds, what you're feeling in your body. You might feel a tension in your gut, in your solar plexus, in your heart chakra, in your throat chakra or somewhere else. Just notice if there's any tension. I can feel it in my hips and the, in my lower back and
0: I can feel it in my shoulders. And strangely, I always feel it in my left leg. <laughs>
1: Left leg. So this is great. because so obviously, having worked, school, you, you start to notice these things. So I just want to invite you to just notice those things. Now open your eyes. have a big stretch and I'm doing a bit with you. And let's do like Wonder Woman pose or Superman pose. So having your arms, if it's safe and comfortable to do so above your head, and then just kind of letting them come down to shoulder height. And then if you've got space around you, just feeling that space around you, front and back, above and below, left and right. And maybe letting your arms, when you're ready, just relax now by your side. And just letting your head lift up a little bit and just look outward on the horizon. Not too, yeah, just, just a little bit, just a teeny weeny bit, chins up. And now take a deep breath ah, and just let go. And just notice if you're holding any tension in your body. And if you are, what would it be like? Just let go, even 10% more. And now from this place, just think about that phone call or that email again. Mm. And just think about your intention. And your intention might be to deal with it now, not to deal with it at all or something else just thinking about that now I'm just asking yourself, okay, from this place, what would my next step be?
0: So Debbie, the first thing that occurred was even before you said to take a deep breath, I kind of did a couple of moments before. I think I might have been holding my breath or when I was thinking about the negative side of, you know, this email that I need to send. And so that was kind of released through that bigger breath. In terms of next steps, I feel like I don't have to even rush into when or how or what. It's more of right from this space that I've now created. What are my options? And I can probably, with less emotion, map
1: out my options at this point and then choose one. That's amazing. Okay. And just noticing as well. And I really want to celebrate and acknowledge you, Fahima, for, for noticing already that you were holding your breath even before i said anything yeah that's very much as one of my teachers dr claire Zammitt, talks about putting first attention back on self because often yeah. what happens let's continue with the uh, example of the email yeah when an email comes in our attention goes out there yes to the email or to the person on the other end of the phone whereas we're giving our power away then we're not at our best we're not at our most responsive place whereas what you did was you brought your attention back to yourself you noticed you weren't taking that deep breath so you took that deep breath you gave yourself permission to do that and then you made a decision from there
0: yeah wow so it really felt like creating space first physically which then became mental space Or, you know, space in the mind and then space to then make decisions from. It was interesting that it it didn't come up with like, oh, what the next step is. It kind of came up with now from here, I've got the room to decide what the next step can be and what the different choices are. So that was really
1: interesting. Thank you, Debbie, for doing that. You're welcome. Can I just jump in there and make a point? Yes, please. Some people might understand this as well as when something happens that triggers us, we typically move into fight, flight or freeze. There's a newer one as well that says, please, as in people pleasing. Oh. So we can't help these reactions. We're conditioned because it's working in our nervous system. So part of what we do and what we did there was actually recognizing, oh, okay, that's triggering me. And we did a slowed down version of moving into a more empowered and powerful place where all of a sudden... Your brain, your nervous system is open to its creativity. So you've (sighs) suddenly got choice points. You've got options.
0: Wow. I didn't know that's how it was all linked. We've literally come full circle to the creativity and the sensing feeling bit, haven't we? Absolutely. Because we can get so stuck in the mind and what what other people want. And through that, we can physically become smaller and tight and all kind of tense. And then you've created that space and it's just, wow. Okay, really interesting. That's thank you for doing idea. that, Debbie. That's absolutely
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely,
0: thank you. So the other thing I want to talk about since we're talking about your example that you gave at the start of the exercise was about you know getting an email or needing to send an email or some deadline or some kind of phone call or something. Similar to that is something I experienced recently that you know about, Debbie, which is something to do with boundaries. Mm. And I experienced something in my own work context, where there was a prospective client and I felt that they were breaching some of my boundaries or that I wasn't able to keep or hold my boundaries. Something was happening that didn't feel comfortable and I started to feel uncomfortable and perhaps less myself. I felt unsettled and I reached out to you, Debbie, and we worked on this together, a little bit of back and forth, and you helped me work through it in a very different to what I'm used to sort of way, shall we say, and one of the things you said that I remember very clearly and I almost remember every single day since in different contexts is we teach people how to treat us. Could you speak on that?
1: Yeah, of course. No, I mean, that's absolutely it, and I don't know whose quote that was originally, but we do teach people how to treat us, Mm. and what I mean by that is how... Consistent are we being with our boundaries? Mm. Do we even know where our boundaries are? Mm. So, what's acceptable to us physically? What's acceptable to us emotionally? There might be other areas that we're working on, but let's focus on those two at the moment. Yeah. And unless we know what our own needs are, so it might be a need for safety, it might be a need to be seen and heard, it might be a need to be listened to, it could be any number of things. It might be a need to be quiet and reflect whilst we're digesting what somebody has said. If we jump into a pattern, so if we go back to the exercise that we've just done. Yeah. If all our attention is on that other person and we're forgetting what our own needs and our own desires are, mm. then we're kind of at effect of what that person's doing. Yes. Rather than just saying, okay either speaking them out loud and explaining what isn't acceptable or speaking them to ourselves so once we learn and bring to conscious awareness what our own needs are yeah then we can decide where our boundaries are and then we can then the key here is consistency and it's not about being perfect because we can all be brilliant and imperfect, just as we're being here now in this conversation. (laughs) But it's about showing people consistently what matters to us. Boundaries are really important. And there are a number of steps But for the purposes of the podcast, Mm. first of all, we need to understand what our boundaries are. So typically, we're looking at what our needs are in relation to our physical environment our mental well-being our emotional well-being and having boundaries in place is really really crucial to our well-being and it's also really crucial in managing our relationships with people so when we get clear on what our own needs are within our boundaries it can then provide clarity to ourselves and to others, what our limits are, what's acceptable to us. Mm -hmm. But it really starts with understanding what our own needs are. Yeah. So for me, one of my boundaries is during the week when I'm working, and I do work internationally, so sometimes I can be working until midnight, Yes. but I know as soon as I finish working, I need to close down the computer, get a sleepy tea, get ready and go to sleep. I just need that for my own health and well-being. Yes. So it's not always easy maintaining our boundaries. And it's a path of practice. It's realizing when we are overstretching to accommodate other people. Yes. And we're out of alignment with ourselves. And it's also as well, and I think this is a really important one, it's recognizing that sometimes in putting our boundaries in place, other people may not like it at first. Ah yes yeah <laughs> yes
0: I have a follow-on question sure. for that Debbie this is just something that's occurred to me do you think that you know sometimes when our boundaries are tested or when we start to feel uncomfortable and unsettled like I did do you think that those moments can then help you to discover your boundaries or to start to like know what they are because sometimes I feel like we don't all just know what they are it's these difficult moments that help us to say ah there's something there that's uncomfortable and then work backwards like we did
1: without a shadow of a doubt absolutely okay. so if I may let me give you an example is... of my personal experience yeah so like you I'm somebody who's constantly on my own growth edge and last year a very very good friend of mine said to me that a group of our mutual friends and we've known each other for decades felt that I was being overly animated Now, I talk with my hands, and I have to say, and and I can be very animated. I recognize that. Me too. (laughs) Of course, lockdown perpetuated that, doing a lot of work on Zoom. Yes. And when we stopped and we really talked about it, a light bulb moment suddenly went on for me. Mm. And I realized that actually that's who I am. And I'm not wanting to or not prepared to be what I call going to my pretzel mode anymore. So Ah. when we're growing up, often we begin to formulate habits in a way that enables us to fit in. So sometimes playing small and not singing and dancing, which is one of my favorite things to do. We can really put our light under a bushel rather than being our true authentic selves And when we show up with people who perhaps haven't seen us for a long time Mm -hmm. and they see us behaving differently, but they can't quite work it out. Well, for me, that was really about claiming, yeah, I am animated, I get it, and I'm more comfortable being that way because I get to express who I am. I have got energy, and that's okay because I'm not doing anything as far as my values are concerned. I'm still treating people with empathy, with compassion, with respect. Yes. I'm not doing anything yes. to hurt anybody. Does that make sense? Uh,
0: that makes a lot of sense. So that is really interesting because you took that moment to reflect, rather than suddenly, you know, become smaller and hide away again, or not be who you actually feel you are. You took that moment to reflect and actually realize there's nothing I'm doing that's offensive here, or you know, objectively mean or offensive or something they just hadn't been around you for a while and so something was unsettling for them just because they hadn't seen you the way that you actually are and the way that you are more yourself these days perhaps
1: that's it I think there are two things there I think first of all because my friends you know like me they're in a very generative mindset we're able to talk about this and find a way through it and move forward I think the other thing is, if we come back to the bigger picture, there's something here about predictability. And if I behave in a certain way, and I've known somebody for a period of time, and it comes back to what you said about teaching people how to um, treat us, then somebody else behaves in a certain way. And if somebody then, even in an unconscious way, steps out of that predictability, it can be disconcerting for other people. Yes, and that's yeah. And that's why as well, part of the work that we do is really enable one another to have those conversations that matter, that then can bring them into conscious yeah. awareness so we know what's happening.
0: Wow. That's, yeah, that's one of the things I find really helpful on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I don't get to speak to you every single day and we don't, you know, we stay in touch quite a lot. But when you're not there, Debbie, these are the bits that are really helpful where I am able to create that space and reflect and then make a decision from there. Whereas I think previously I would have been similar to you in a lot of situations where somebody gave me some feedback that came across as me being too much, for example, you know, with being animated or being outspoken or whatever, I would just take that as immediate feedback. Very true. Let me now become smaller and quieter and everything else. So it's really helpful tools that you've given me. So thank you for those as well. So Debbie, You work with lots of people that, like you said, on the outside seem to be very successful already, and you work with them behind the scenes and all the things that are actually going on for them. One of the things you talk about is the paradox of choice. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: What is the paradox of choice? So, the paradox of choice, I think, was originally coined by Barry Schwartz back in Moore, the early 2000s. Right. And it's really about, and it's so relevant to young professionals, leaders, and entrepreneurs, because it's about having so many options to choose from and thinking about social media now and all the options you get through social media. Yeah. Rather than enabling us to be happy and fulfilled, it can cause stress and it can make decision making even more problematic. So if we do a full circle, it can put us into a place where we're looking at everybody lots of people out there, so to speak, including on social media and feeling, we can end up feeling inadequate, unfulfilled, tired, frustrated. And it's almost like then, creating a life that's not our aligned life yeah rather than actually realizing in connecting with yourself first and foremost then it's in that way that you can choose what's right for you Mm. not what's right for somebody else yes and it's in that way certainly when we're working together that our intention is to have our lives be happy aligned and purposeful for us yeah
0: sometimes it's just that there's just too much information there's just too much happening and it's a way of cutting through that noise and clutter uh, mentally or is that the right word mentally probably not
1: it's um often what happens is we can disconnect from ourselves and what's really important for us. Yeah. So if I take myself in, in this situation, it's really important to me that I feel if clients who I'm working with, that I feel I can be of service to them. I can't be of service to everybody. Yeah. It's really important to me that I don't look at other coaches and feel, well, that person's doing that, that person's doing that and then feel inadequate because of it, rather really connect with what makes my life tick for me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm trying really hard to kind of experience in terms of, you know, living life and working on your own terms. And that's something we've been doing together. And it's what the podcast is all about as well. So I hope that this conversation we've been having is helping our listeners as well. I really think it is. So Debbie, a question I ask my guests before they leave the podcast is, you know, with all of your own knowledge, experience, expertise in coaching others that are high achievers as well, what is it you personally most struggle with in taking your own advice? What one thing do you Mm -hmm. struggle the most with? (laughs)
1: well historically um well the one thing is receiving oh yes yes. and and I and I'm conscious of that Mm -hmm. and I am on a and it's a skill receiving and of course it's great to be somebody as so many of us are who give but actually it's only one part of the equation isn't it yes and actually the more we learn how to receive the more our ability to give and receive actually grows. That's what I'm learning. Oh, I love that. That's one of my growth edges.
0: That in itself actually helps people to focus on receiving in a way, because if you know that receiving will make you a better giver, then it almost makes it okay to receive, you know, in an open way, not feeling uncomfortable about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was my coach who pointed that out to me
0: right. okay.
1: because, of course, we can't see our own blind spots.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you for sharing that and for being open you're about welcome. that as well. So, Debbie, you know, you coach people and you help so many people with their own personal and professional development and their lives. I know that you actually do a lot yourself as well. So you're working on yourself all the time with Lots of different things. Tell us a bit about what you're currently working on and some
1: of the stuff you might have worked on recently. Thanks for that question, Fema. So, I am, when I did my own vision setting at the beginning, well, actually, Mm. probably about 12 months ago now, I really connected with this sense of wanting to make a bigger contribution. I don't have children, I do have nieces and nephews and godchildren. I feel a strong compulsion to really. Leave my legacy is the best way I can describe it. And so I'm working now with yeah. a global mastermind. There's only 25 of us, but a global group of leaders. It's called um, the Athena Leadership Mastermind run by one of my teachers, Dr. Claire Zamit. Yeah. And we are all seeking to make the best contribution that we possibly can or make our contribution to deal with some of the biggest challenges Um, that are facing our world today where we perhaps need different thinking or different approaches to make a contribution to to change them. And it's what's led me to get really clear, even clearer, on who I'm here to serve which yes. is um, as I say the young professionals in their 30s and 40s. Oh, that's
0: brilliant.
1: On a personal level? Yes, yes. And it kind of links back to what you were talking about okay. right at the very beginning. Often as high achievers, we can have an area of our lives that is not feeling fulfilled. Yes. For me, it was typically my relationships with men. Yeah. And a lot of that was to do with me being in my masculine energy and working in a lot of ah. uh, masculine yeah. tight, energetic environments. Yes. So I, I've been working as well with my coach, Ashley Fuller-Rubin, mm-hmm. on relationships. And I'm now in a relationship with the most wonderful, wonderful man, oh. which again, Is moving my life and work. (laughs) Moving my life and work forward. So they're the things that I'm working on right now personally and professionally. Yeah. And I'm constantly on my own growth edge. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Debbie. So that's
0: that's really lovely that you're so clear about, you know, these things. And that's why at the start of our conversation you were very clear about who you work with because you've done a lot of thinking about these things and you're working on them yourself all the time.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, this has been an amazing conversation, Debbie. I've really enjoyed it. I'm sure my listeners have really enjoyed it too. But I think we're going to have to leave it there because you need to go because you've got a client.
1: <laughs> got a client waiting for you, haven't you? <laughs> so, thank you very much for coming on my podcast, Debbie. Fahima, thank you so much for inviting me to be your guest and also just the pleasure, the honour, and the privilege of working with you. Oh, you too.
0: Take care, Debbie. See you soon. You too. Thank you for email. Thanks Bye. Bye. Where did the time go? Debbie is brilliant, isn't she? It's another one of those where I'm going to say I could talk to her for hours and hours because honestly, I really can. And I actually do quite often. But, you know, she has a call to get onto and to help a client. Speaking of which, Debbie has very generously given us an offer for all of the listeners of this podcast, and that is you can have a 20 minute complimentary coaching session with Debbie. All you need to do is fill in a form that's on her website. I'm going to share a link to that on the show notes. So if you want to have a complimentary coaching session with Debbie, then click on the link on the show notes, fill in the form and get that sorted. Okay, so I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. I really did. And until next time, if you have been, thank you for listening.